Welcome to the Killing It Queendom podcast. I'm your host, Amber, a full-time social worker, lipstick and cupcake fanatic, and the founder of the Killing It Queendom lifestyle support and accountability community. Here at the Killing It Queendom, we empower women to reach their health and lifestyle goals. We share successes, hold each other accountable, and we fix each other's crowns when they start to fall. When you're a part of the Killing It Queendom, success is the only option because there is strength in sisterhood. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Killing It Queendom podcast. You are listening to season one, episode eight. In today's episode, I sat down with two of my health coach friends, and we discuss habits that we as women need to get rid of. I'll let my guests introduce themselves, and then we'll get started. Hey, I'm Allison Gregory. I am a certified health and wellness coach. I actually met Amber through the program this summer at Emory University. Uh, I health coach on a part-time basis, helping women who are experiencing anxiety, stress, depression, and help them manage that through self-care. Full-time, I work in corporate communications for a large company. I live in Atlanta with my husband and my cat, and uh, we stay busy. Thanks, Allison. Kwan. Hello, my name is Taquandra Harris. Most people call me um, Kwan. I am a certified health education specialist and a certified health coach. Uh, I work in the government sector and I also met um, Amber and Allison through the health coaching course through Emory. Thank you ladies so much for being on the show today. Our topic today is going to just lay out some topics that we as women need to let go of and set free. Um, So I'll let Allison go first and tell us about her habit that she thinks that we as women need to let go of. So mine is kind of personal, but something I think a lot of women can relate to is that the habit of busyness, of always having to be busy, always having to do something nonstop from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night. Uh, I noticed I really started doing that a lot this last few months after my dad died. I didn't want to deal with the grief and I didn't want to deal with what I was feeling. So I would just be busy nonstop and find anything I could do, which was good in one way because I got a lot done. I was really productive, but um, also just kind of now having to realize, oh, I need to really deal with what I'm feeling and my grief. But I also know in everyday life for other people, you feel like you need to be busy because other people around you are busy or you feel like someone else is ahead of you and you want to be at that level or you think if somebody's in chapter 10 of their story and you're at chapter one, you need to be where they are. We all want to be our best, but I think we also need to learn to take the time to pause and love ourselves and care for ourselves and appreciate ourselves and where we are right now. And so that's one habit I'm working on breaking and I think other women can really focus on is breaking the habit of business. And I totally agree with Allison. I know a lot of times um, with me being, you know, in my late 20s, not having a family, I like to feel like I'm doing a whole bunch of things since a lot of my colleagues are doing a whole bunch of family, mom, wife um, kind of things. And so I do the same thing. Like I will busy myself up. I'll say, I'll even say yes to things that I don't really want to say yes to just because I feel like 
I'm not doing anything else. So I'm like, if I'm not doing anything else, why am I saying no? Instead of just saying no, because I feel like saying no, and I don't want to go or I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I end up in a lot of situations that I don't want to be in a lot of places that I don't want to be at around a lot of people that I don't want to be hanging out with just for the sake of being out and about and keeping myself busy. And like you said, a lot of times we do that to, you know, kind of blind ourselves from whatever we have going on or whatever our real issues are instead of kind of facing those things head on or sitting in those feelings or dealing with whatever we're dealing with. Quan, do you have anything to say about that? Absolutely. Um, I feel the same way that you feel. I'm in my mid-30s, so I, I can imagine where you are already. So I find myself in the same situations, like hanging around or, or feeling almost obligated to go to different social functions just because I don't, I'm not where, I guess I see my cohorts um, at this point in life. Um, again, in your 30s, you see most people, they have like, they're on their second child and they have husbands they've been married to for some time now. And here I am, I'm single also, and I don't even have a pet. So <laughs> I can kind of, I can definitely understand where you're coming from um, and just making yourself feel busy. Or I constantly find classes that I can take, um, i.e. how I ended up in health coaching. So that I can stay busy and, you know, always do something to better myself to kind of fill the void of not having that family. Yeah. And then you find yourself in places you don't want to be at as well. <laughs> yes. And it's even worse when you go to weddings um, or baby showers. And so, like, my friends are on their, again, second and third child. And here I am like, oh, I'll buy some pampers for their baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> or here's a Target gift card for your wedding. Um, so I, I definitely, I can relate wholeheartedly. Yeah, awesome. Quan, what is your habit that you believe we as women need to get rid of? I think we as women, um, and a habit that I'm, I have been working on for a few years now is to stop psyching myself out of doing things. And so I know we see a lot of people that are business owners or um, doing different things in life, like traveling, and we all sit on the sidelines, like, I wish that I could, you know, travel more, or I wish I could have a business, and we tend to psych ourselves out, or I don't see myself as being good enough um, as others to just even try something new, and so we fall into the lines of we become afraid to fail, and we don't want others to see us as failures either, so I think just stop trying to please everyone else and just please myself. And stop psyching myself up. Just try it. Worst case scenario is a no or a failure, but we failed in other things before. So I'm just working on, you know, stop psyching myself out and just do it. Yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in the Emory program. Like I thought about it and I wanted to do it, but I really didn't expect that I was going to do it or even succeed at it. Like I remember applying and I was like, yeah, I'm going to apply, but they're probably not going to accept me. And then, <laughs> they're not gonna let me in there. <laughs> and then I got in there and I was like, oh, like I'm doing this, but I'm probably not gonna do well at it. And then we like beasted it as a class. And I was like, oh, well, like, like you said, like sometimes we let fear get in the way of things. And I totally like almost did that. Like it was kind of like, I wanna do this, but if Emory tells me no, then I'll have an excuse not to do it. Instead of just saying like, I don't feel like I'm good enough for this program. I don't think they're gonna accept me. It was kind of like, oh, I'll try it. And then when they tell me no, I'll be like, well, at least I try kind of thing um so like yeah like you said like feeling like maybe you're not good enough or you're not successful enough or you're not whatever enough um and then just deciding not to go for it when you could do it and kill it and be awesome at it 
Allison, do you have anything to add to that or to piggyback on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with what y'all are saying about you know, saying, you know, I tried something and, but it didn't work out. And I'm just going to blame that for the reason, like you said, if you hadn't gotten into Emory, then you could just say, well, I tried. Um, and I've been that way lately about growing my health coaching business. I'm like, what am I doing? I have no, I have no business coaching these women when I have similar issues. Uh, but then I remember like everybody is a work in progress and we're all kind of trying to better ourselves. But so I can help people. And it's one thing that you had mentioned is that, you know, you, you think maybe you're not capable of doing something or like doing the program at Emory, but you were. Um, so, you know, it's just psyching ourselves up to think that, you know, we're not capable of things, but we are. Yeah, just being our own worst enemy when we're supposed to be our own, like, biggest cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. And with health coaching, I'm totally there with you, like, there are days when I am so off, I'm like, maybe I should just ignore all my clients because I'm like down in the dumps today and there's no way I can help them because I'm feeling whatever. But one thing I've really, we've all noticed is like health coaching can heal you as you're healing other people. Like you benefit from your program just as much as your clients benefit from your program. And I have become like some, some of my closest friends right now, like in this phase of my life are people that are my clients or people that I met through health coaching because like we're all doing this together it's like if you fall flat on your face they understand and it makes I think it makes you a little bit more relatable like they're like oh she's my health coach and she's been through this so she can you know she can tell me or she can guide me she can let me know what worked or didn't work for her but there are days I'm just like who am I to be talking to them about this whenever I had the worst day of depression today how am I going to motivate you know, these women to be great today whenever I just really want to just cover my head up in my bed and try again tomorrow or next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just all about being vulnerable. I've, I've learned that I've helped more people by being a vulnerable person than when I'm just faking it. You know, faking it till you make it is like, can only work for so long. But if you can be real and authentic and vulnerable with people, like you can help people and not even realize you're doing it. Yeah. And that brings me to my tip of habits to stop is like, stop faking it until you make it. I don't know who came up with that or why they thought it was a good idea to just be like, fake it till you make it. No, like we are not faking anything. We are going to fail in front of people and fall on our faces in front of our clients, in front of our and I'm sorry, in front of our friends, in front of everybody so that they can know like, look, I fail like really bad, but I was able to take that experience and make it into this situation or like with health coaching the whole reason I got into it is because I gained a ton of weight and I hated my body and I hated the way that I felt and I was like I'm gonna do something about it and then I was able to do something about it and now I'm here like with a health coaching business with a new certification with this whole new phase of my life that I never would have saw coming if I had just you know pretended like I was happy in that body that I was not happy in or that relationship that I was not happy in, or whatever situation that I was not happy in, like, faking it until you make it does not work. Like, I don't know why anyone would think that that's a good idea. You do not fake it until you make it. You face failure, and you fail, and then you get up, and you appreciate things a lot more. You're more proud of yourself. It builds self-confidence, even though you're, like, down in the dump whenever you're going through whatever, but you can look back at something and say, I was here, and through x y and z i made it here instead of being like oh i've been happy my whole life i've been healthy my whole life i've never suffered with my weight. i've never suffered with 
being sad and depressed or going through grief. My life has been perfect like that is crappy advice. And I just don't know where it came from. <laughs> so my habit would be to stop faking it until you make it. Just, you know, embrace whatever phase you're in, whatever stage you're in, whatever obstacles you're going through and just, you know, take them head on and get through them and let people see you going through whatever you're going through so that you can be an inspiration. And like Allison was saying earlier, be vulnerable. Um, being vulnerable makes you more relatable and be being vulnerable is like more realistic. Like there's nobody in the world that just has it made and, you know, has it all together and has always had it all together. Even if they do have it all together now, it hasn't always been that way. So my biggest habit to stop is stop faking it until you make it. Do you ladies have anything to say about that? And I think that that comes from like the social media era that we're in now. So you see so many people posting like positive pictures or quote unquote relationship goals. And so you think that that's what it actually is, but you don't know what's behind the scene, what they had to go through to get to where they are now. And so I just think if people were like Allison said, more vulnerable, um, and just to know it's okay, actually it's okay to fail because if you don't fail, you don't learn. You won't learn anything. If you're always perfect and you follow through with everything, you're successful with everything, then how will you know what it actually needs to work for something that you, that you want? So like, it's okay to fail. It's okay to try again. It's okay to fail. And it's okay to try again because at some point you're going to succeed. And if you don't just try something else that you, you will succeed at. So, I mean, it's okay. I think you just have to be okay with failure. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with accepting failure. Talking about social media, like, especially in this day and age where it's like filters and photo tuning and, and everybody's kind of just posting the 1% of their life. Nobody's going to post the bad day or the stressful day. They're going to post them at a concert or at brunch and you know, in their new outfit. No one's ever going to be like, oh, I had a really crappy day today. So I think that's something that I forget. And a lot of people forget that it's not real life. It's not real life that you're looking at. Yeah. And people are way more likely to post their really high highs than their really low lows. So that's something that I've kind of been working on is like posting my lows so that people that are following me or that you know are in my circle can celebrate my highs with me because they know the lows that I've gone through like let's all experience this together if we're going to show it let's show it and yeah like that's a big thing you said the one percent of their life like it might even be less than that because you pick the best picture of yourself at the best moment in your life when your makeup's perfect your hair is perfect but what about those off days like what about those days that you are down in the dumps you don't have makeup on you're not out at brunch living like a housewife you're not like on vacation like you're sitting in the house because you're saving money <laughs> like you're having a rough day like people people need to see that and we need to make that more normal so that it's not like people having to feel like oh I can only post when I'm perfect or I can only post when I'm in a good relationship or when I'm having a baby or when I'm getting engaged or married like no like if we're sharing our lives with each other then we're sharing our lives not saying that you have to be so personal but like that 1% can be really like detrimental. Like sometimes people need to know that, hey, she went through that and got through it. So I can do it. Or maybe I can reach out to her and figure out what she did to get from there to there because I seen when she was over here and now I see that she's at this wonderful place. So maybe that's somebody that I can relate to and reach out to, to help me get through whatever. 
um, I know like with Allison, I have noticed you've been very vulnerable on your social media lately, like about grief and things like that. So I'm like, if I'm ever going through grief, I know exactly who to go to. I don't only know that Allison went to a Disney trip and had the time of her life for a week, but I know that she's struggling with some things, despite the fact that she was with Minnie Mouse all week last week. So it's like, I know that if I'm ever going through something of that nature, I know that that's somebody that I can reach out to that's going to understand and that has been through it because you don't want to talk to somebody that hasn't been through what you've been through because they just don't understand. Um, but you want to talk to somebody that's been like, you know what, I've been right there where you are and this is how I would have handled it better. This is how I, this is what I did that worked. This is what I did that didn't work. And this is how I'm going to help you get through it. So I'm loving like transparency on social media. And I do believe that social media has a lot to do with a lot of things. Um, like we were talking about earlier with becoming a health coach, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I just don't know about this. Like putting myself out there on social media and saying all these wonderful things and showing all this stuff. And she's like, do you have like imposter syndrome? Like, are you scared that people are going to think you don't know what the heck you're talking about? I'm like, that's exactly what I'm scared of is getting on here and talking to people about this and that. And like, they're looking at me like, who the heck is she? But that's, they only look at you like that whenever you don't show the backstory and how you got there. Because then they, know, they don't know that you understand. They don't know that you've been there in their shoes and experienced whatever they experience. Quan, do you have anything? Allison, do you all have anything to add to that? I also can appreciate um, the fact that Allison is being, being very, very vulnerable about the grief that she's going through because we've all experienced someone close to us or someone that we, that we love dearly passing. And so, again, to piggyback off what you said, people only post their highs. But for her to post a low of where she is in her life right now, so the only thing that there is to do is to go upward, like up. So, I mean, again, that's the inspiration. And I can wholeheartedly appreciate her doing that because that's very rare. Um, the same for yourself with your weight loss journey, your before and your after. I've been where you are. My highest in college was 194. So I haven't always been small. So I understand the journey you're going through with weight loss and it's going to always be a journey. And so like to see people uh, that are that transparent with their befores and their highs or, and, or their lows and to see their highs, the transition, like that's inspiration. Um, even if no one double taps and likes it, somebody's seeing it. And so that's okay. And I think we also have to stop looking for likes to be kind of like affirmation because if someone doesn't like it, it's okay. You know, they see, I get questions all the time. I work out a lot and I know y'all see, I post almost every day of myself in the gym. I constantly get questions like, how did you do this? Or how do you do that? Or where did you start? Or how do you know how to do this? I learned along the way, like everyone else. And so again, I can appreciate the transparency um, on you all's you know, Instagram is motivating me as well. Yeah, and there was a time when those 180 pound pictures were embarrassing to me. Like I went through a phase where I didn't even post pictures on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere because I was embarrassed, you know, the way I looked was embarrassing to me. I wasn't happy, I didn't feel good, I felt like I didn't look good. Um, but like I said, when I became a health coach and I wanted people to be able to relate to me and know that I knew what I was talking about, that I had to be a little bit more vulnerable and put those pictures of me out there when I was a little bit heavier. and. To be honest, like there are people that may not never like it, but I get the most engagement. I get the most comments. I get the most inspirational text messages when I'm vulnerable like that. When people see me at 200 pounds and then they see me at 130 pounds, 
that's when they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, they don't care about all the beach pictures and the brunch pictures and the out partying pictures, but it's those pictures that actually reach people and they reach out to me and they text me or they comment or they ask about the program or they're, I mean, just in general, like, what have you been doing? You look great. Those are the pictures that I get the most engagement on. Um, and like I said, even if they don't like them, that's okay because my confidence is like through the roof. I feel good. I look good. Two snaps. <laughs> it's like self-esteem is not an issue right now. <laughs> I got 99 problems, but my self-esteem is not one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even if people aren't, you know, liking or giving you the comments, the attention, whatever it is that makes you feel warm and fuzzy, people are looking, people notice. Some people that might not even be huge fans of you are looking at you like, dang, I wonder what she's doing. I wish I knew what she was doing. I wish I knew how she overcame X, Y, Z. So people do see it. Um, so I'm making sure that those vulnerable moments are a part of my 1% of my life that I put out there when I do put personal things out there. Hey queens, it's Amber from Killing It Queendom. I wanted to tell you all about Mila Ray Boutique. Mila Ray is an online vacation-themed boutique. They sell dresses, swimsuits, and accessories. Everything you need to slay on your vacay. We've partnered with them to offer all of our listeners a 25% off discount. Visit their website at www.milaraeboutique.com. Mila Ray is spelled M-I-L-A-R-A-E boutique.com use our code queen 25 at checkout for 25% off of your purchase it's always going to be people who you know they're going to judge you or see what you say online or post online and they're going to say something about it and you know you're not for everybody I've learned that like you another thing that women always try to do we try to be somebody for everybody and you just you can't be it's not possible you're not supposed to be that way um so it's kind of being able to look past what the 1% of people who don't approve of you or who judge you and, and be able to know that you are helping other people by, by what you say and what you share with others and being vulnerable. Awesome. Kwan, do you have anything to add to that? I just think um, to piggyback off what, what Allison said, like being a woman, um, we just, we do feel like we have to wear so many hats. Like we're somebody's aunt, you're somebody's mother. If you're a mother, you're a wife, you're a girlfriend, what have you, you're a coworker. So you're constantly wearing different hats. And so you do feel like you have to please everyone in some aspect. And it's kind of hard at some point, it's kind of hard to just be yourself because you're trying to be accepted by everyone and you're trying to satisfy everyone. And we do have to like sit back and take time and just understand that you can't please everyone and you can't be, you can't be, you can't be everything for everyone. And so it's okay to say no. It's okay to not, not please. I think at the end of the day, you just have to please yourself. Like you have to be okay with your decision. And if your answer is a no, it's okay. They're just going to have to accept that today is not it. I can't help you today or I can't be what you need me to be today. Um, and I think we just need to understand that it's okay to say no also. We get so accustomed to saying yes to everyone and trying to please everyone and do everything for everyone. But sometimes you have to say no for your own mental health. Just, yeah, and know, that's... That's something that I recently learned and it has been so empowering. Like, I used to feel like 
I couldn't say no unless I had a reason to say no. So like, if you asked me to do something and I didn't want to do it, if there was nothing else on my schedule, I'd be like, sure, I'll go just because I didn't have a reason. Like it had to be like, no comma because X, Y, Z. But now I, I feel so empowered whenever I say no period and just leave it at no period. Like, no, because I want to lay in my bed and Netflix and chill all day or no, because I just don't want to. Or no, because I don't want to be around those people or I don't just like no period and not feeling like there has to be a comma and then an explanation after that. Just like, it's, it's wonderful. Like, I know some people are like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with her? Like, she doesn't do, she doesn't do this for me anymore. She doesn't do that. It's because I don't want to, and it doesn't make me happy. (laughs) And I've learned how to say no with a period at the end of it and just be done with it. Like, no, no, no. And it doesn't make you a bad person by saying no. Sometimes it's actually liberating to yes. just say no and you want to sit at home in your pajamas all day and watch whatever movie over and over and over 10 times. That's okay. It just might not be your day to go. All right. I would hate to be like the, the Debbie Downer at the party because I really don't want to be there. And so like your vibe is like killing everyone else's vibe. And so at the end, it was like they'll always say like, why did she come anyway? She's not even doing whatever. Why is she even here? Well, I should have just stayed at home. So it's okay to say no, period. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Like I recently asked somebody, like they asked me to do something and it was like, do you want to do X, Y, Z? Instead of saying, I would like for you to do this for me. They're like, do you want to do this? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, well, you asked me if I wanted to and I don't want to do it. No. <laughs> and they, I, they're, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, like it's something really simple, but I just didn't want to do it. So I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. It's like, well, that felt good. Like it's self, it's like, like you said, it's liberating. It's like self-preservation because you're not making yourself get into a situation where you have this anxiety or you're in this bad mood because you should have said no, but you said yes because you didn't have anything else to do or you didn't have a reason, quote unquote, like not wanting to reason enough and I have embraced that over the last year it's been part of this whole I'm doing what I want to do for myself my quote-unquote selfish year that I've had where I've just not been hanging out with people like I my quote is like don't sit at tables where you might be the topic of discussion when you get up like I have not been doing that I have not been going to places I don't want to go I haven't been talking to people I didn't want to talk to I've been sending people to voicemail I've been ignoring text messages (laughs) like just not putting myself in a position to be like, I did that and I really didn't want to do that. And now I just have this feeling of like, why did I do that? Like, I can say no. It's, it's just been, like I said, so empowering, so liberating. I, it's just amazing to me. And I love it. Allison, you I, have need, anything else? I need to get like you, like I'm working on it. But then I feel like, oh, if I say no to somebody, they're going to think I don't like them. I'm like, no, you know what? My time is valuable. My life is short. If I don't want to be at this or do this, then I'm not going to do it. Girl, say it with me. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. It means no in lots of different languages. No, 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 no. No is like universal. That's the one. No is universal. Everyone in every language can understand it on every continent. Like no is no. No. And I don't even see that as you being selfish. I feel like sometimes that's the other person being selfish. That's not you. They kind of try to make you feel obligated. Like, I don't like when people start the sentence, what you doing tomorrow? 
And I would say, like, who wants to know? <laughs> why? Why are you asking yeah, me why? that? What you doing? What are you doing tomorrow? Um, depends on what you asking me to do tomorrow. And so it's okay. Like, stop making yourself feel like so like obligated to do what they want you to do. That's selfish. That's selfish on their part, not necessarily selfish on your part. Because I feel like that's the, that's them disrespecting your time. Yeah. Just say this is going on tomorrow. If I want to come, I'll say yes. And if I don't, like, thanks for the invite. And I might show up. I might not. So I stopped responding to, like, um, RSVPs. So someone will say, <laughs> this is going on tomorrow. I was like, okay. I never confirm yes or no because I'm the type of person, like, tomorrow might come and someone else might invite me to something else. And I want to do that because that's more appealing than what you have going on. And so if you say yes to the other invitation, it kind of feel, you know, you feel a little obligated. So to make myself not feel obligated to anyone, I just say, okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks for thinking of me. That's my thing. Thanks for thinking of me. It's like when when someone asks you, can you do me a favor? What are you asking for? (laughs) What's your favor? Right, right. Are you asking for a kidney? Then no. All right, ladies, any other habits that you just think that we as women need to strike, get rid of, replace with something else? I like the no thing. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to call you and have you encourage me. (laughs) Amber, what's the answer? The answer is no. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Yeah, that's what my mother always said. She said, put a period. There's no question mark at the end of that sentence. There's a period. Put a period at the end of that sentence. <laughs> yes, no, period. All right, ladies. Well, if you all don't have anything to add, I do need to go back and answer a question from a listener last week. Last week in our episode, we talked about six tips to starting a keto or low-carb lifestyle. I had a listener ask how to replenish your electrolytes. So I spoke about replenishing electrolytes, which are magnesium, potassium, and sodium. And I'm going to let you all know how to replenish those. So with magnesium, and you will know that you are deficient deficient in magnesium when you are dizzy, when you are cramping, when you're irritable, um, when you got some fatigue going on, and you can replenish that through dark chocolate, nuts, artichoke, and spinach that are all keto-friendly. Your potassium, you will know when you're deficient in potassium, when you are weak, nauseous, when you are constipated and experiencing some hypertension. You can replenish potassium through avocados, leafy greens, salmon, nuts, and mushrooms. Those are all keto-free keto-friendly or low-carb-friendly options for that. And last but not least, sodium. I use a lot of um, Himalayan pink salt in my cooking, and that's how I replenish mine. But you can also use broth, bacon, spinach, and fish, um, regular salt. You'll know that you're deficient in sodium when you are feeling nauseous, um, headaches, confusion, and fatigue. So that is how you replenish your electrolytes. Thank you, Allison and Quan, for joining us. Do you all want to give us your social media handles and information? Sure. So I am on Instagram at, at Allison Gregory Wellness. And my last name is spelled weird. It's spelled Gregoire. So it's G-R-E-G-O-I-R-E. And I'm on Facebook as well. 
All right, and I'm not on Facebook, but I am on Instagram, um, underscore Q, Q-U-E, underscore, Shell, S-H-E-L-L-E, underscore, and that's on Instagram. Awesome, and I will also add you all's information into the show notes in case anyone missed that. And thanks again for coming on and sharing your unhealthy habits that we as ladies need to get rid of. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Can I start over? (laughs) Yeah, you can. I'll edit that out. Okay. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all better get some coins. Now, Quan, you better come get your coin. (laughs) Oh, I needed some wine. I need some wine. I had to move my weed stash to sit in. (laughs) I was like, oh, I have some hair to do this. Period. Poof. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Turn the lights off. Turn your lights off. Turn your thermostat down, boo boo. Mm-hmm. You've got to come to Atlanta and hang out with us. You do. I know. Is my mouth purple? From my wine? It is. This wine is like staining my teeth. Yeah, how do you I know? Told you, I follow you, boo boo. I follow you. <laughs> I'm so okay. proud of y'all. Thank you. We want you to come here with us. This is wonderful. To keep up with the Queendom and never miss out, you can like us on Facebook at Killing It Queendom. You can follow us on Instagram at Killing It Queendom. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on any of our podcast platforms. For more information on the Queendom, visit our website at www.killingitqueendom.com. We'll continue our conversation next week. But in the meantime, keep on killing it, queens.